Good morning and welcome to the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. I am uh, editor and publisher Charlie Deach and um, we are, the Pittsburgh Current is out for its sixth sixth issue this week. Um, we're almost to double digits, I guess, although coming out every two weeks, I guess it'll be more like the end of the year uh, when that happens. Um, but issue six is on the streets. Um, the cover story is the Carnegie International Hits Town, and we also have the official art noir guide to Pittsburgh for the Carnegie International. You can get a, get tips on restaurants and bars, but more importantly, it has a lot of the art exhibits that are going on outside of the International, smaller independent exhibits as well. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. My guest today is um, someone I got to know after she was really a political candidate. It's Ari- Ariana Berenger is a... 2018 candidate for lieutenant governor. She dropped out of the race because uh, she found that she couldn't raise enough money than her um, opponents with deep family pockets uh, who were able to finance their um, their campaigns. Um, but she has written a new book and it's called My Place in the World. It's to help parents talk to their children about politics in this crazy time we live in. Um, and so welcome Ariana Berenger. Thanks, Charlie. Good to be here. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Um, so let's talk about, let's talk about the book first because it's, it's really something that, um, that intrigues me. Um, talk to me a little bit about, about what was the onus for the book and how you came about. So just after the election, you know, when I well, the, when I dropped out of the the race for lieutenant governor, I'd been on the road a lot. Um, I was, I think, I'd been by that time to over thirty five of our counties. Yeah. And so sometimes my kids would come with me. Most of the time they were unable to. And so uh, it was like my very first night home with the family. And my littlest one, Atley, who's now two and a half wanted me to be the one to do like the nighttime routine with her. Mm. And uh, that always includes a story. Sure. So I you know, lay down with her, read her story, go to shut off the light. And she says, one more. <laughs> and, you know, like, I'm tired. It's been a long day. Right. I want to go relax too. So there's no way I'm turning that light back on. Right. <laughs> and um, I just extemporaneously tell her this story. And... I thought nothing of it. The mm. next night she asked for it again. Wow. And that was the moment where I was kind of like, yeah. okay, that's interesting <laughs> for a two-year-old to be like, I want my Atlee story again. Right, yeah. And I came downstairs and told my husband, Darren, I was like, Darren, you're never going to believe this. Atlee asked for her story again. He's like, mm. what story? I told him. He goes, you need to write that yeah. down. I think there were a couple swear words in that. Um, and then <laughs> I did. So um, so that's how it started, right? That's how this this yeah. book was was made. Interestingly enough, um, when Ariana and I talked, you can actually find um, Pittsburgh Current story on Ariana's book in our paper this week. Um, Ariana had actually given me the unedited version of that story, and as I was writing it, and granted, we always sort of, you know, if you, you know, we don't really, we don't edit speech too much. And I thought, well, it is for a children's book, so we'll take the, we'll take the shits <laughs> out of there for for a second. So, um, but yeah, no, it's 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 really a it's really a great book. Um, what was when you do you, do you remember or do you have an a thought when you were sort of spilling the story out in the moment, do you, do you recall like um, what was, what was the process? Was it just stuff that came to you? Were you, or were you thinking about something in particular? Was your campaign run sort of, and was it, was it, was, did it influence what you were saying? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Um, it, when, you know, coming from a place in my world, yeah. right. Coming from where I grew up, I always try to, let my children understand that mm-hmm. they live a very privileged life. Yeah. 
Um, and so we talk a lot in our home about exploring and going yeah. on adventures and learning about who you are and that, you know, it doesn't matter what other people think of you. It's what you think of yourself. And we kind of have these conversations anyway, yeah. just as a part of like motherhood. And mm-hmm. when you talk about politics with kids as well, I always try to break it down for them in ways that they understand. And so this particular story, you know, I just hope for my kids that they go on these adventures. Yeah. Right. Whether that is traveling, whether that's, you know, going to some university or college or whatever it is, like Mm -hmm. all of those things I want for them. And so when I told Atlee this story, it was very much like, well, one day I want you to go climb a mountain. Right. One day I do want you to go swim in the ocean. She's done that. But like, you know what I mean? Like those those are the things. And so um, I think that's really how it all kind of came to be as I was telling this to her. And in the end, like I want my children to know that if politics is something that they want to go mm-hmm. into one day or they are passionate about, that just because you're a little girl doesn't mean that you don't get to participate in that process. Yeah. And, and what was what was your experience like as a child growing up? And, and you and I have talked a little bit about this in the past. Um, what was your experiences growing up? First of all, how did they differ from what the, the the life that your kids have? You said that you know they kind of have a life of privilege. What was what was your childhood like? Uh, I mean, we grew up poor. Yeah, I mean, food stamps, free lunch. Yeah, and I you know I've, I talk about that a lot. I talk about being hungry. I talk about not knowing where our next meal was going to come right. from. I watched my mom work three waitressing jobs just to try to make ends meet, and that wasn't a reality for her. She still couldn't do it. Wow. And so, you know, I watched our water get shut off. And go, well, I'm not going to be able to brush my teeth today. I got to throw my toothbrush in my backpack and brush them when I get to school. Like those were realities. And my kids have never had any of those, right? The water's never been shut off. They always have a meal. Um, They've always had a roof over their heads. And so, yeah, they watch their mom work hard. But I think that that's still a really good thing for them to witness. Um, But because of an education, I don't have to work three jobs. Right. Right. Like I don't I can make a living wage, but just because my mom didn't have an education doesn't mean that she shouldn't also be able to make a living wage. How did how did those experiences form your. Well, form you as just a person, but also how did it how did it form you as um, as a someone who's civically minded and and your politics? How did those experiences form that? So, I mean, I didn't have like we didn't talk about politics growing up. That wasn't a part of the conversation. We were just trying to we were too busy just trying to make every day work. Sure. Um, And so when I finally got to a place where I felt comfortable enough to begin to think about politics, Mm -hmm. um, I started to recognize that people like me, people that come from my, my background are not represented. Right. And that pissed me off that I can look at a, all of Washington, D.C. (laughs) and go, well, none of you know what it's like to come from poverty. I think the statistic that I heard was that maybe 14 have come, people that are serving in Congress over a decade, only 14 of them ever came from a working class background. That's not okay. I mean, that's why we see the policies that we see right now. So um, all of those experiences have kind of shaped who I am. They shape how I raise my kids and they shape why I get out here and and talk about politics and why I've run for office. Right. Um, in the book, um, spoiler alert, <laughs> <laughs> and I think we already showed the picture. And it's one yeah. of the, one of the one of the most sort of poignant images in the book is your daughter 
raising her hand to Donald Trump as he tries to tell her that she doesn't belong here. This is his his house, yeah. so to speak. Um, it was a really it's a really powerful image. Um, how what is it like? How do you talk to your kids about the state of politics now? I mean, it's one thing like I think when I grew up, political questions I had for my parents is when I would hear terms like electoral college. Like, you know, I still <laughs> wouldn't understand even if they, even if they knew how to explain it. I don't think I'd right. understand it. But as a parent, you're facing a whole new line of questions. So how do you how do you deal with that? And how do you um, especially for for your kids who um, or maybe just in the last, say, four years or so, really kind of paying attention to the presidency and so forth. How do you explain to them that this is not the norm and we need to fight to make sure it doesn't stay the norm? So how do you explain it to them? We always kind of start with the history of it. Like, yeah. you know, we talk about Barack Obama. My yeah. kids watched Barack Obama, you know, accept his, right. you know, presidency like we, we watched we participated that was a part of their growing up so because we've always been engaged in mm -hmm. politics and always um kept them in the loop they recognized right away that this was not normal they were like that's not how presidents right. speak right um and so the topics though that that's where that's where the struggle starts to happen right when my 10 year old daughter hears the term sexual assault during a presidential campaign right and you the news is saying well our president has been accused by 13 women of sexual assault and then there's this video that's yep. playing and you know you can get away with anything i have to in that moment say hold on this is what it, this is i wasn't prepared to have a conversation about right. sexual assault with my 10 year old um but you have to do it i would rather her hear it from me and and start that conversation but it's also one you have to be delicate with, right? Like we've got to make sure that I'm not scaring her so mm -hmm. much, but at the same time educating her. And that's where um, it's a fine line and it can be a little challenging. Right. And that's also um, we talked about, but also a, a conversation that you had with your son as well. I mean, Oh, for sure. And I think that I, I don't know. I, I don't think, I, I don't think that, I mean, hopefully that we, hopefully that there is some good that can come out of this, but hopefully one of those things is that parents are talking to their children, especially their their male children, about sexual assault and and you know what those what the different levels are. How just you know something you know like back when you know back when I was a kid and earlier you know nobody said the cat calls and you like you know whistling at a woman was 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 wrong and was a form of harassment. Um, you know, those are things I think that some people learn learned on their own, or sure. unfortunately didn't learn at all. Right, um, which is part of the problem that we're in. Right. Um, so, I would I would hope that at least there are more parents talking to their to their sons about, you know, how to treat women. Right. I mean, one there's two things that uh, we I talked to him about, mm -hmm. um, and my daughter. Right. Both. Uh, no is a complete sentence. That means Donovan. If someone tells you no, they don't have to give you an explanation right. why. Cameron. You can just say no, and they ha you don't have to explain yourself, yeah. right? So those are definite. That, that's something that we talk about a lot. Um, and then the other one is that we I talk with him and both of them, but um, that a verbal, like a woman saying, yes, I am okay with that. Don't just assume. Mm -hmm. Never assume what she's thinking or feeling. You need a verbal confirmation yeah. before you do anything. And... 
I think those are the you know, the two things that I try to like hit home and remind them about because you have Donald Trump saying, you know, boys these days are under attack or what did he? Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, what did he it's say? It's a tough time in America yes, to, to be, yeah, to, 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 to be, be a young man. Right. Exactly. That's no, right. it's not. Yeah. It's, it's really not. <laughs> yeah, it's know? really not. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. These are things that, um, I mean, I don't know that I, I can tell you, I know for a fact, I was never explicitly told not to do these things, um, but I didn't do them. It's, it's, yeah. it's just weird to me. And it's strange to me that, that people can, ex people can accept, um, what someone like Donald Trump tells us about what is now acceptable behavior and how they're just willing to accept that. And they're willing to, to, to just accept any lies that come out without, without questioning. And, you know, that's like used to be the, the, the telltale sign of, of the right was right. they questioned everything, you know, whether there were birth certificates or not, they insisted right. on questioning every single thing. Um, so it's just, it's just kind of a strange time that we live in. It's, 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 it is. And I think that's part of the, why, the reason like for this book, mm -hmm. it's, it doesn't go into all of these details, sure. right? But it starts a conversation. Right. And I feel like that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that parents get the opportunity to start a conversation and it doesn't have to be with your two-year-old, right? right? Like I get <laughs> right. that. Um, but maybe with your 10 year old, yeah, son or daughter, right? right? A lot of people look at the book and go, Oh, I'll buy that for my granddaughter. Buy it for your grandson too, because yeah. they also need to see a, a, a young woman and she's a little bit of color, right? Yes. Like her mama yep. and a young woman of color stand on the steps of the white house. Yeah. Cause that's going to be their future and they need to be, they need to be all right with that too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so from the time that you, that you first told the stories, uh, to Atlee, what, at what point did you decide to make this a, 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 a paper, you know, a paper project and do a book? Um, well, as soon as Darren said, you got to make that a book. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, how do I do that? Yeah. Um, and I knew that I needed to get an, an illustrator. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I did some research online and Liz Beatty, as a young woman from here in the Pittsburgh region. And uh, I saw her images and went, that's what I want. Yeah. I love it. It's, you know, it's appealing for kids. It, she just has, she has a way. And so uh, I reached out to her and I said, I'd love to hire you to, to draw some yeah. um, illustrations for these words. And I kind of gave her that creative control to mm -hmm. do it because yeah. she's the artist, not me. Here are my words. Tell right. me what you think. What comes to mind when you see this? And um, I think she knocked it out of the park. One of the great things is um, uh, the yellow boots that Atlee's wearing in the whole thing, and I think that's a nice image to kind of carry throughout. Um, was that a was that uh, was that something? Does Atlee wear yellow boots? Oh was that yeah, a, yeah, all the time, all the time. <laughs> um, so we live on four acres out in Murraysville, mm -hmm. sure. And so my kids are always tromping through the woods. And so when we first moved into that house, I bought them. I bought her a little pink pair of boots. Yeah. Um, but the next year I bought her yellow ones, and she loves these. She can put them <laughs> on herself, and they. So I I see her all the time yeah. walking around in her yellow boots, and so. When I told her the story, I told her a story that she's in her yellow boots because she knows she's going on adventures. She's right. going on adventures in our backyard yeah. in those boots. Awesome. And so um, as I told her the story, that's one of the details mm -hmm. I kept in. And so when I sent the image to Liz, I sent her one of Atlee in her little yellow boots. And actually in this copy, the very back page... I added a picture of oh, Atlee in her that. little yellow That's boots. So I might cute. be able to show you guys up here. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's absolutely something she wears. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, 
and so um yeah the 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 art that 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 Liz um created is it's it's really great and it really is it has that um it has that really childlike feel and it gives you the sense of 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 a kid's book um what did you think about her um and I will say this I'm proud of you because when I saw the Donald Trump caricature at the end I thought that is um that's very restrained you know after especially knowing your your opinions my opinions um so was was that a was was that a goal to, to keep to keep that kid friendly as well yes without a doubt yeah. um yeah yeah of course adults are going to buy this book yeah um but i really want it to be for kids i right. really i really kept it restrained i really kept it in a way that um was a, was open to kids and own interpretation yeah right so atlee's place in the world may be the white house but right. some other child's place in the world may be being a doctor or yeah. a lawyer or um an activist or whatever <laughs> right. right like so um i want to keep that open and i think that in the future if uh i'm so fortunate we'll see if, but to make this a series yeah. of books i really want them to kind of go this is your introduction to Atlee yeah and then we're going to start tackling some other issues right I was going to ask have you thought about what some of those other issues might be specifically or top like general topics I mean so the one that keeps coming to mind for me um because it's one that I've had to ha a conversation I've already had to have with my kids is around immigration right and um Donald Trump's highly restrictive and ridiculous immigration policy yeah. and um talking to them about how we are a nation of immigrants. Yeah. And it is what makes us better. The diversity that we get from different cultures make us better yeah. people, make us a better country. And um, so I think that's one that's been on the, you know, the forefront of my mind. But there's so many, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, right, right. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's even, you know, I, I think that something that, that we're seeing in this election cycle coming up um you know, we have more women who started runs for office and are also um, are are in November. They're coming down to we have women in the general election and more women, I think, than at least in my recent memory oh, uh, yeah. that, I, that I can remember. And I know that you follow this as a board member of Women for the Future of Pittsburgh. Um, what do you what do you what do you do you think that that the time we live in is 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 that why we saw so many women say, you know what, I'm, it's time for me to sort of take control and go out. What, what do you think we, we owe this? I think it's been a slow build. Yeah. I don't think that, I mean, yes, I think there are some uh, people that woke up uh, the, the day after Donald Trump got elected and went, what happened to my country? Right. Um, but I think that this has been a slow and steady build of women getting more engaged, getting, you know, becoming a part of the process. And when I ran for Congress in 2012, um, there were a lot of women running then. Yeah. And every year I've seen more women run for office. And I think, yes, Donald Trump did spur some yes. uh, newcomers right. to the to the the table. But I think that women have have recognized that if we are going to achieve the kind of policies and legislation that we want, we have to have a seat right. at that table. And, do you, and maybe this actually just just a thought just occurred to me. Is it maybe that we have more women, as you said, it's been a slow build, more women are making it to that next level. I mean, we're seeing more women in November actually yeah. getting a shot at, to go into office. And we, we, you know, we saw that we, we have, um, Summer Lee and Sarah Murado and a lot of people talk about them. Um, but what they did was they, they defeated two 
of the most entrenched yeah. politicians, Democrats, um, you know, to, <laughs> to beat a, to beat Acosta in the city is a big deal. And to yeah. do that your first time out is, 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 is an even bigger deal. And I think that, that that sort of shows us that, um, that voters are paying more either coming either, either voters with like minds are coming out more, um, or just more voters are, are finally saying, you know, I have to get out and, and spread, you know, but let my vote count. Right. But we, here, let's be honest. Sarah yeah. and Summer were bold. Absolutely. They were bold in their campaigns. And that's what's missing oftentimes, especially as we get into general elections, is that uh, candidates get scared. Mm-hmm. They get worried and they stop being bold. And when they're not bold and out there talking about issues that are important to the lives of us every single day. Right. People are, will not turn out. Right. And that's my, that's actually my worry and my concern is that we are not having bold enough politicians going into November. Right. And I worry about the next, you know, this is a big blue wave. This is, you know, we're going to win this. But if we don't have bold ideas at the table, people are going to be like, well, okay, maybe not. And then they're going to go the the day after election day, their Democrats are going to be like, what just happened? Right. And you are listening to the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. Charlie Deitch, along with Ariana Berenger, talking about politics in her new book, My Place in the World. Um, you can follow us on the socials at, at PGH Current. And you can also follow Ariana at A underscore Berenger on Twitter. Yep. Any other handles you want to throw out there? ArianaBerenger.com. That and uh, Ariana Berenger on Instagram. That's my one of choice. I'm not on Twitter a whole lot. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you uh, if you want to get a copy of the book, you can get a copy of the book at Amazon or at ArianaBerenger.com. And you are having a, a launch event for the book on Monday, um, October 15th, 5 p.m. at Defer Coffee and Tea in the Strip District. Yeah. So, so yeah, that should be a should be It's going to be time. a fun little party. Yeah. And Atlee will be there in her yellow boots. Wow. You could get mother and daughter to, <laughs> sign, to right. sign your book. There That's- you go. Maybe a little handprint. <laughs> That's great. That's a great idea. Um, so going back to what you were just talking about, which is which is boldness. Um, I mean, I, I like to think as a journalist that I, I try to stay, you know, up on everything going on. And I have to tell you, it's almost been work to sort of keep up to date because I mean I remember four years ago during the um during the gubernatorial election both the primary and then when Tom Wolf was was trying to unseat Tom Corbett mm-hmm. you couldn't you couldn't turn on the TV or you couldn't open a paper um and not see something sort of charged about this race and I honestly I mean I see some ads you know of course we see some ads but sure. I, I just I'm not like as you said I'm not feeling the energy out of out of that race. So I'm not sure if that means that Wagner is not a strong opponent or that we're going to get surprised in November. And I hate for that to be the case, but it's just, there's something empowering about this election coming up, but there's also something that is a little bit of an eerie feeling. Right. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. Mm. Um, I think that the governor's race is boring. Yeah. Um, it is a snooze fest. Yeah. There's there's they're not talking about those bold ideas. Right. They're not getting people excited to go vote for them. Right. And my bigger concern is that because they're not because they're not talking that way, those down ballot races, our state house, yep. our state senate, what's going to happen to those races? Are people going to turn out? They're not going to and if they don't turn out, then you know, I don't think that Tom Wolf's going to lose. I right. think Governor Wolf will win, but he's going to be stuck 
with the same House yeah. and the same Senate, and what are we going to accomplish? Right. And at the very least, although I don't know if it's been too much of a too much of a an issue, but at the very least, I mean, I don't think the Pennsylvania State House and Senate are going to be are going to are going to tilt blue this cycle. But you have to start somewhere. But it's very important to 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 get rid of the right now. They have a they have a veto override um, in in the House, and so I think it's important that you you kind of have to start somewhere. And you have folks going into the state house like Sarah and Summer, um, and they're going to be great voices. I mean, as you said, I think they're going to continue to make bold moves. Um, but there are other there are other state races out there that are just. I mean, there are two state house races that right off the top of my head that um, Mike Terzai and Emily Scopoff, yep, and uh, Daniel Smith and <laughs> my buddy Daryl Metcalf, <laughs> um, and these are two races that. Um, that again, these are two things, two races that I wish I was feeling more, more yeah. energy from. And and we actually had, um, uh, Mitch Cates who works on the Daniel mm-hmm. Smith campaign in here a few weeks ago. And we talked politics and we talked wrestling as he's a former professional wrestler, which oh, was wow, a degree. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he is. Um, I didn't know that either until we started chatting. Um, but I, I feel like, I feel like those are two really key spots because you have Mike Terzai who makes the, uh, who makes the appointments committee yeah. appointments and you have Daryl Metcalf on the government committee who Terzai has shown he's not going to remove and who is keeping any substantial legislation that comes from a democratic legislator from ever hitting the floor. And so are there, are there races that, that you're watching that you think they should go one way or, you know, we would obviously, we need them to go one way, but you're just not sure that. I mean, I'm, uh, I don't, like yeah. I, I, I'm not the pontificator right, right. of knowing what you know <laughs> yeah. the 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 statistics right. and the you know. Sure, oh, me either. I, yeah. Um, but I do know people. Yeah, and I've had the opportunity to get to know a lot of these candidates. I've yeah. got to know Dan. I've got to know Emily, and I think they're phenomenal people. Mm-hmm. I think that they've got the that when they win, because I do think that those are both very winnable races. And, um, actually I think Emily just came out with some really great poll numbers, Mm -hmm. uh, the other day and both the, you know, the woman for the future of Pittsburgh has endorsed her, her candidacy. Um, we got a shot, you know, Lindsay Williams, she's got a shot. Um, you know, we've got out here in Pittsburgh, we've got some really phenomenal women running that, have an opportunity to win right. and I'm very excited about them. That's a great race. Um, the Lindsay Williams race. That's a great race because the, on the Republican side, a out of nowhere, first time candidate defeated, uh, a yeah. long time entrenched candidate. And that was a surprise to everybody. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that, that just, that just opened up and I think we're seeing these things and that's eventually how there's going to be a potential for there to be at least some kind of balancing in our state right. house. Um, but that was, a, that was surprising. And I think Lindsay, if you don't know about Lindsay Williams, you should look her up because she is a really strong candidate. Um, and that was a great primary because you had two really, yeah. uh, really, um, uh, you had two women candidates who were both would have been great for the job. And so it was really a win-win sort of situation there. Um, so, yeah. So what about, let's talk a little bit about some of these congressional races, yeah. which I think are probably, are probably a little bit more, um, it's more possible, obviously, to swing the, to swing the House and the Senate. And um, that I think is where that, that are we dependent, are we too confident in the blue wave 
I don't. So I'm excited about yeah. Pennsylvania because yeah. we had the opportunity to have the map uh, redrawn. Sure. And that redrawing of our congressional maps. Yeah really opened up some seats for us. And I, again, because I traveled this state, I got to know a lot of the congressional candidates that we have going into November all over the state. So we have to go look out in the Lehigh Valley where we've got Susan Wilde running Charlie Dent's old seat. um, And she's going to win that race. Yeah. I mean, and we will have a woman in our congressional delegation, which we haven't had for a, a number of years, but we're going to have more than that. We're going to have Chrissy Houlihan, who's also like in that um, area outside Philadelphia and like the suburbs of Philly. Yeah. And she's going to win her race too. And, um, you know, here on our end of the state, Ron Nicola, there's, a, I mean, we have the chance to yeah. really make an impact. Pennsylvania does. Yeah. I think that, I think the Connor lamb, Keith Rothfuss race is going to be, I, I'm predicting a bit of a semi blowout for, for Connor lamb. And that's sort of been, and I, I, I live in that district and I've actually oh, yeah. covered Keith. I do. And I've lived, I've covered Keith Rothfuss for many years. Um, uh, you know, in he's just, he's a candidate who, sort of he's a candidate who backed Trump and who's now sort mm. of trying to distance himself, but it's pretty hard to distance yourself when you're <laughs> literally sitting on someone's shoulders and trying to yeah. and that's that I think is is a race where it's 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 going to hurt. And this is also a race where in the past there've been there's been so much dark money thrown in this race and we're not seeing that this time. Yeah. Um so I think people kind of see that Connor Lamb is um Connor Lamb has so so much momentum after that special yeah after that special election. Um what do you think about the U.S. Senate race? Um, is that is that one cause for concern? Lou Bartoletta and uh, uh, Bob Casey. I I don't. I mean, yeah. I don't think so. No, I don't think Lou's got a chance. No, honestly. I but think- I, I mean, like, I don't think the polls are really showing him that he's doing right. And I like again, I look yeah. at the polls. That's all I really know. I look right. at what like Sabato's saying, or yeah. you know, the Nate Silvers of the world. But right. like. Yeah. Um, I read the same stuff everybody else does. Do you think I and others are, do you think we're a little gun shy after 2016? Cause I mean, there's no one that can say at least from our side, I don't think there are many from their side that legitimately thought yeah. that he could win. And so I, I admit it. I am, I am skittish when it comes to, I know when it comes to, you know, the, the I just thing. hope, I just hope my only hope for the next month before this election day is that Democrats continue to be bold i know i said it but like they need to they need to inspire people we can't just rely on trump being outrageous because we all know that he is and we know that tomorrow he's going to say something ridiculous again but like we need to be out there talking about why we're better why we've got the good ideas why our ideas are going to change the lives of people and if we can do that for this next month Mm -hmm. i think we'll inspire turnout i think we'll inspire people to come vote for us not just against trump right and which i think is is going to be the key there so what is what is your future in politics do you do you foresee a future run or 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 I'm really happy doing what I'm doing yeah. right now. Like I do so many different things. I'm obviously writing for the yeah, Pittsburgh Current. Actually, absolutely. Oriana is the political columnist for the Pittsburgh Current. You can catch her weekly. I love it. Um, I wrote this book. I have a job. I'm a mom. Yeah. I'm going to school for my PhD right now. Yeah. So like I have so many different irons in my right. fire that I am completely content. Um, I'm content helping other women win. Right. You know, as soon as I got out of the race, I went and joined Sarah in Amarato's campaign. I was her Mm -hmm. chair. I am her chair. And that for me, that win 
was made, made my day. I mean, this event made my year, right? Um, I love Sarah, Sarah's family and, um, I'm excited about what she's going to be able to do in Harrisburg, but I'm excited about so many other women that I've gotten the opportunity to know. So I'm, I'm fully fine supporting them and watching them win because <laughs> I know that they are going to support those issues and those values that yeah. I have. What do you think it's going to take to, to see real change in campaign finance? I mean, we just have to vote for people that are yeah. that recognize that campaign finance laws need to change. Right. Right. Like we need to get money out of politics yesterday. Yeah. And people shouldn't be able to just reach into their dad's pockets and pay for their campaigns. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and finally, I, I neglected to ask and I want to ask. Um, so you've told the story to Atlee. She was the genesis for this. Um, what does she think of, of the new book? It's is her she, new favorite book. Is it really? Oh, so yeah. She's going to grab it. It's every, yeah, it sits like right, right next to her bed and that's her book. Though I think last night it was, she wanted to um, finally read something different, the foolish tur- turtle, but do you get offended and you say, do you know how much <laughs> this is your book? <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, that's so why she, I'm not a parent, by the yeah, way. <laughs> <laughs> she loves it. Um, because that she knows that's her. She's like, that's me. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I would certainly be. You read this article on 10 things you should hate. You hate about Donald Trump. Read it. Well, my kids like so my kids, they love uh, being a part of everything. They love being a part of the Pittsburgh Current. Yeah, they're my little distributors. They are. We are. We have we have coverage out in the Murraysville Monroeville area because of Ariana's you do, inner kids. You do. They, they run around into the Starbucks and everywhere else and drop them off. Um, but they're just proud to see. That we're out here still talking about yeah. the issues and still making sure that people are aware about what's going on. That's great. This is the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. I have been talking with Ariana Berenger, um, who just wrote the book My Place in the World, um, about her daughter's adventures in being whatever she wants and finding exactly who she wants to be and where she wants to go in this world. Ariana, thank you very much. No, thanks, Charlie. Thank you. Um, just a couple of quick announcements. Um Coming up, our next issue on October, do the math, 23rd will be our election issue, speaking of elections. So um, I'm sure Ariana will have a an interesting piece uh, in the paper, as well as we're going to devote a lot of the section to, um, we're trying to take a little bit of a different, a different approach uh, this time. So we're going to make it a little more, uh, we're going to make politics fun, which is probably can't happen, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> this has been the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. Follow us on the socials at at pgh current and um, at pittsburghcurrent.com for the latest issue also available on street boxes and retail locations and if you want to order my place in the world you can get it on arianaberinger.com on amazon and if you want to have your book signed by ariana and uh atley they will have be having a book launch party on october 15th at 5 p.m at defer coffee and tea in the Strip District. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.